Welcome back to the Barefoot Puncher. I'm your host as always, the Mug, your co-host, the Pope, and the Modler and Statsman is with us as well. And of course, we take our inspiration from the Barefoot Investor, but instead of giving you investment advice, we're here to give you a bit of betting advice on the 2022 AFL and NRL season. And it's a big welcome back to the program, to the Pope. Thanks for having me, Mug, and what a week it's been. King Charles III has sent to the throne, cost $2,400 to get from Melbourne to Sydney and back, and seven players sin-bend in an NRL elimination final. Fair bit's happened, Mug, in the last few days. Unbelievable, Pope. And it's a big welcome to the modeler. Well, it's good to be here again. Good to have finals in swing for um, both codes. And it's even better to have our next guest on board because it seems to have prompted the Pope to uh, run out and buy a better uh, Wi-Fi modem. He wasn't looking forward to the ridicule. So, uh, yeah, might... Uh, Want to welcome the statsman. To well, I'm not sure the I'm not sure the listeners would know this at home, Modder, but we couldn't even see the Pope last week. His uh, his internet was that bad. I think he had the hamster on the wheel trying to keep the thing going, but he's definitely upgraded, and it's fantastic to have statsman. Must have got a, a new gig. The Pope is uh is, is sort of locked and loaded and cashed up, ready to get a new modem. Um, but yeah, merry merry puntness, everyone. The best best betting week of the year is here. So looking forward to some Brownlow previews. Yeah, excellent, mate. And uh, Statsman has come in extra special uh, to have a look at the Brownlow this evening. So I know he's got plenty. So hang on, listeners. We're going to go through some NRL uh, normal betting stuff uh, for our finals games. Then we'll go through our AFL finals games. And then we're going to spend a good chunk uh, unpacking this Brownlow to help uh, the punters out there to find some value. But let's go back and just have a quick chat about the weekend, boys, because some incredible stuff going down down in the National Rugby League. Uh, Pope, what did you like about it? Well, Mug, I don't think it quite lived up to week one of the AFL finals in terms of quality, but geez, there's some theatre attached to NRL. A lot going on, high-quality games, but also mixed in with plenty of controversy, which we'll touch on. So a little bit for everybody, um, but the entertainment value was high, even if the quality was down, maybe a touch. Modler, we spoke about that State of Origin game, that game three. Um, to me, there were some feels of that game on Sunday, a little bit about that. It was, uh, gee, it was high, high octane stuff and uh, very physical and the crowd was into it, made it look fantastic. It did, yeah. It certainly brought a bit of the, uh, the argy-bargy that's normally reserved for Origin into the, into the, um, into the NRL proper. Um, it was good to see and, and I think... Um, uh, Ashley Klein, the ref, he's probably copped a bit of warranted criticism throughout the year. I think he probably handled it reasonably well in the end. There's, there's only so much you can do when the game unfolds like that. And, they, you know, he could have sent guys off for, you know, actually sent them off for, for the entire game. But to just sort of keep it under check and get guys in the bin, I think sort of handled it yeah, reasonably well. Well, I used the uh, wrestling analogy the other day. I, I went back and just checked my stats. In 1988 was the first Royal Rumble. And uh, there was players coming in and out of that game like it was the Rumble. And in that uh, event, the one-man gang disposed of the junkyard dog to take the title. And uh, Tom Burgess, uh, perhaps Pope, uh, was that man. The one-man gang, he took out, I think, Tedesco there. <laughs> knocked him clean out and he didn't come back. And then he uh, he took out another one of their big playmakers with a, uh, a proper 
um, shirt front and uh, took took two out uh, to uh, and and I guess at the end of the day, South reigned supreme. Yeah, the Joe Ware Hargraves and Tom Burgess running into each other all day. Two massive men. Like you'd have to pay me a lot of money to even contemplate that sort of physical violence. It's uh, extraordinary. Yeah, you have to sort of marvel at it in some ways, but you also maybe need to question the IQ a little bit, maybe. <laughs> Uh, very good. All right, boys, we'll go and quickly do some betting review and uh, we'll talk some bad beats and then we'll get into it. Uh, so, Pope, I might throw to you because I think it was a return to form for yourself on the weekend. Yeah, you bring the Ferrari out of the garage in September, mugs. So when <laughs> the whips are cracking, the big boys come to play. Uh, three and one for me was on Penrith on Friday night at the minus. And I think I said on the podcast, minus 19 and a half, an ultimate which didn't quite get there. But Ended up being a comfortable victory for the Panthers. Raiders did the job against the Storm down in Melbourne in a very meritorious victory. We also liked the unders in that game. And uh, yeah, sorry, mate. Really I, like I, I probably I probably tipped you into that one, Pope. Sorry. <laughs> no, I was I was on board. It was I think it was the right approach in theory, but uh, it was it was very open fair. So never really looked like it, despite uh, only one try really in it in terms of the total points line. And then. We like the rabbits. The two of us, the modeler and I, both did, and as we just touched on, in a uh, entertaining affair. Rabbitohs got it done pretty comfortably in the end. And mate, the uh, futures bet looking pretty healthy there now as well, with uh, Alex Johnson uh, crossing the line a couple of times, and uh, and a really important victory for the cows as well, with your grand final appearance bet too at five fifty. Yeah, I, the best way to frame this is how important that late comeback was to to win. They're a sixty to make the grand final now. And Cronulla are about $7. Like that's that's a massive swing on the... I don't think I've seen a swing quite like it on the winner of that game. So that goes to show the road that Cronulla have ahead of them. And obviously, Cowboys, the home final in Townsville, are in a good position. How did you go, Modler? Yeah, not quite as good as Pope this week. I think I was one and two uh, in the AFL. Took Freo with a plus and, yeah, Pies got after that early lead and... Could never quite get pegged back. Um, and then across the NRL, <clears throat> excuse me, I was opposed to Pope. I like the storm at the dollar forty-three and um, full credit to Canberra. They they turned up uh, on the Saturday and got the job done. And and as Pope mentioned, yeah, I liked Sounds as well, uh, two forty uh, at the time. And yeah, probably got the rub of the green with with those Roosters uh, guys, Tedesco and Tupo and um, uh, it was a cry nothing all, yeah, all way up reasonably yeah. early. So yeah. Yeah. Okay. And uh, for myself, uh, Brisbane got uh, got Brisbane. So it was super stoked with that. Absolutely loved watching Melbourne disintegrate uh, in the second half. Such a good watch. Um, I've been against them all year. So to see them bow out, um, you know, to, to win that bet and then the premiership stuff, uh, that was just so satisfying. Um, I'm a pretty anti-Melbourne sort of person already. Um, but then to be on that side uh, with a betting perspective was uh, I loved that game the other night, uh, which was awesome. Um, boys, did we see any bad beats over the weekend? Oh, we certainly did, uh, Mug. The, the most obvious one was Cronulla Sharks. Mm. They led by eight points in a home uh, qualifying final with seven minutes to go. Somehow gave up uh, two scores, a penalty goal and a converted try to send an extra time. And then Val Holmes kicks a very long-range field goal in uh, deep in extra time to win it. And, and as I just touched on with where they are now, that's uh, that's a huge loss for them. So that, that's a bad beat. And at the minus two, a skinny minus two and a half. So... Think you can 
claim that as a bad beat. Uh, and the other one is the unders in Roosters v Rabbitohs. 43 and a half, that was most of the week. Uh, Margan, I think with seven players sin bin and what that does to uh, accentuate scoring, I think if you're on the unders, you can feel pretty outdone by to have a record seven player sin bin and that get shin by half a point. Yep, fair enough. Uh, Modler, anything catch your eye? No, nothing really for me this weekend. Obviously, the Corella one um, was the, the big, uh, yeah, the big talking point, I guess. But yeah, outside of that, I couldn't really, couldn't really pick anything this week. And for yourself, stats man, one out of a bit out of left field, which maybe not many people are aware of. But um, the Australia New Zealand, I don't know if anyone followed much of that series, but um, Australia were eight for hundred and twenty, I think, in one of the ODIs and. Managed to scrap to 200 with Hazelwood and Stark and I think Zampa maybe getting some runs. And then uh, and then New Zealand couldn't get there and got bowled out for 70 or 80. So, um, yeah, pr- pretty bad loss. I think Australia got out to $15 or so live and, and got back and won. So if you're on New Zealand, which probably no one was, it's a bad beat. Sounds like you might have been on New Zealand Statsman. I wasn't actually. I was, <laughs> I was just watching with interest. Yeah, <laughs> Very good. And, uh, guys, I think... I think if you're a, a 40 plus or, or probably more so a 25 plus uh, backer for the pies, uh, you could probably feel a bit stiff. Um, that looked like a 40 plus game uh, to me. I was there live in fairness, spent most of it behind the glass in the second half uh, because it wasn't uh, too interesting. Um, but, um, but yeah, I think you'd be pretty stiff there. They, they really controlled that game. So 20 point margin probably wasn't really uh I guess the right reflection there. So perhaps a bit stiff there for those, uh, for those punters. Um, all right, guys, uh, we've got plenty to get through tonight. We're going to uh, switch gears. We're going to do something that we don't normally do. We're going to go to NRL first, and then we'll go to AFL, and then we're going to talk some Brownlow. So Pope and Modler, I'm going to serve them up to you boys. We've got, uh, I don't know, do you guys call them the same thing? Do you call these ones the semifinals? Well, you yeah, semi semifinals. Okay, so semifinals uh, this weekend we've got Parramatta Eels dollar forty nine. We've got Raiders two sixty five, and uh, we've got a line there of six and a half. Um, Pope, uh, you've got a a bit of a biblical name. Moses has got a biblical name. Um, this would be a Lazarus style comeback. Is he going to come back? Is he actually allowed with the protocols? And uh, who's going to win this one? Yeah, quite the resurrection from Mitchell. He's been named and seemingly, uh, whether it's it's due to it's, it's due to some form of miracle or a little bit of massaging of HIA protocols, I think he'll play. You'll find in this one, Mug, and, and that's a that's a pretty big in. I probably looked at this across the weekend, prided on my numbers and thought, oh, Cronulla coming off, sorry, Canberra coming off a win. It's an attractive price. I've punched the numbers and I've, on Parramatta the minus here. I think. Um, I have the numbers pretty close to that. I have it a little bit Parramatta, but then you probably delve a bit deeper in the context of their. They were pretty good the other night against Penrith. They they led till about the 53rd minutes. Then they were down by about five when Moses went off, and and it's as we've touched on before. Structurally, that's hard to replace in games, so that got a bit away from it. But they were good for a long time. And Canberra, um, they obviously that was a weird game at Amy, but um, Storm had probably been. Said more about them than did Canberra, I think. So I usually like to be on the points at, in finals. Um, I think across both codes, it's showing being on the outside, it has some value. Um, the way games tighten up, but uh, I'm on the minus here. I think Paramount is significantly a bit of team, and I think they can do this quite comfortably. Very good. Uh, Modler, thoughts on this one? 
Yeah, going to line up with the Pope here first up. Um, yeah, it was definitely opposed to Campbell last week, and it's going to oppose them again here. I've got them just shy of a dollar forty, assuming Moses does play. Um, yeah, so into the dollar, I think forty nine was it? Uh, yeah, definitely a bet for me at this stage. Obviously, if Moses comes out, then um, then that changes. But as it stands, yeah, keen on keen on the Eels. He looked in a bad way on the uh, on the broadcast. Can he actually come back from that and play significant footy this week? Well. Yeah, he probably can. Like, there's, there's probably a recent example. Cameron Murray had a similar head injury mm. the week before. He had a nine-day turnaround, so that was um, – he had a couple more days to recover. Moses has only come off for seven, but I think he can sort of – in that role, he can guide the team around the park. His kicking game's very important for Parramatta, so I think he can uh, structurally be integral, even if he maybe doesn't run the football as much. How they hold up is pretty important. So, yeah. okay. as I say, might be some massaging of the protocols, mug bets. I'm pretty confident he'll be there. All right. Well, uh, boys are both with Parramatta there. So that's huge uh, straight away. So thank you very much, lads. Let's next uh, go to the next one. Saturday night, we got the Sharkies uh, now hosting the Rabbitohs. Um, still at Shark Park, boys? Are we um, up to the biggest stadium here? Yep, we're going to the big smoke. We're at Allianz. So Allianz, no the new stadium. Okay. Yeah. And uh, I'll get your thoughts on who that favours in, in a second. But, Pope, uh, right here we've got um, head-to-head there, 202. So Rabideau's gone to fave, which is interesting. And um, and that line, uh, a flat one. So who are, we, who are we with here, Pope? Yeah, I uh, when I was spitballing with my posse on Sunday – around what this price could be, Mug. I thought regardless of who Cronulla played, there'll be a bigger price outside of than this. And Tom Burgess is out. He's been suspended. So that, that does move the needle. Um, however, I think this price is probably on the back of the narrative that it was a brutal game Sunday. But I think that's been overhyped a little bit. Like there, there was a lot of physicality, but um, as I touched on, it was it was probably more the entertainment value. And, and there were a lot of breaks in place. So it wasn't like your origin where you gassed for 80 minutes, I think. Like there I don't think it was as brutal as it's been made out. So I don't think there's quite the recovery issues that might be there. So I'm on South. So I still have this bigger, despite no Burgess out. I just think it suits them. There's no advantage at Allianz for Cronulla, if anything, since it's reopened. It favours South. They've played two matches there. So they've got some familiarity at the venue. I just think they'd have too many points for Cronulla on a dry Sydney night. So I'm, I'm on Rabbitohs. I, I have that a fair bit bigger than um, what is pretty close to pick, Mug. Yeah, right. Okay. Um, so we've got Rabbitohs there, uh, favourite Pope, $1.81. Yep. I um, I don't think Toby's up with the line yet, but the minus one half, whatever it might be, I'd, I'd be on that. And yep. I'd also be on a bit of 13 plus for South Sydney as well. Yep. Okay. All right. So Pope's with the Souths. Okay. And uh, Modda, can we line up here as well? No, I'm not going to line up here. Um, got a slight lean to uh, the Sharks at this stage. I've got them slight favourites actually, around $1.95. So... Uh, I think they've actually drifted a little bit since this afternoon out to 202. So, I mean, it's it's pretty line ball whether I'd sort of recommend that, maybe as a half stake. But, um, yeah, I mean, $1.95 and a 202 is not a huge gap. But, yep. um, yeah, I guess play it as you see fit. And, and, yeah, obviously keep in mind Pope's on the other side. Yep. Okay. All right. So the boys lining up in the Parramatta uh, Canberra game, fancying Parramatta at the minus six and a half. And uh, Pope's liking the Rabbitohs and uh, Modler, Bit of a lean to Sharks, maybe a, a small stake uh, there. So uh, excellent, boys. Well, good to hear your thoughts on that one. 
Um, Statsman, we might get over and uh, and talk some AFL. And uh, guys, just a reminder that all of our prices are coming to you tonight from topsport.com.au. Uh, Toppy, look after us. And uh, I can tell you right now, they look after the punters that bet with them. Great Australian bookie. Tristan and the boys do a fantastic job. Um, they like betting. They like the turnover. So if you want to have a fair income bet, more often than not, they're going to take it. So that's really good to know if you like to get some decent shells down. Um, as I said, topsport.com.au. If you haven't downloaded the app, get there, do it, gamble responsibly. Uh, Top Sport, they're our guys. Um, Statsman, let's have a look at these prelim finals. The uh, the talk all week this week, Statsman, is that they're the most difficult to win. Do you subscribe to that notion? I would have thought a granny's maybe a bit bit harder to win, <laughs> but <laughs> each to their own. It's, uh, it's always the talk. I haven't had anyone been able to quantify that for me about what makes the prelim harder. Uh, I don't know. Do they run further? Do they? Is there more pressure? Um, are the scores closer? But I would think if the scores are closer, does that mean it's easier to win because you're closer to winning? If it's harder for you, it doesn't have to be easier for the opposition. Otherwise, it just sort of cancels out, doesn't it? So, that, yeah, I think there's a bit of uh, forward logic in that one. <laughs> I'm, I'm yet for someone to really be able to explain that to me. But, uh, but anyway, uh, mate, what we're looking at here, we've got uh, Geelong Cats, as we know, hosting the Lions on Friday night. $1.32 the Cats. Very short they are. Three forty the Lions and uh, the line now has just drawn. Those prices have both just trimmed back. I think we've got new stats, man. Breaking news that Barry's got off. So we're sitting at twenty and a half. What do you see here? Yeah, interesting one. I, I think I made it a couple of points lower originally um, without Barry. I don't know if he's that significant. Obviously, on last week's form, he is. But does he? You know, he hasn't brought that consistently, so it's hard to expect it. But. I don't know, like the line last week was low 20s, took off a bit without Danaher, but he'll be back. Um, and I don't know, like Geelong at the MCG is is not as strong as Melbourne at the MCG in terms of home, home ground. Yep. Obviously, Melbourne form-wise um, were probably a bit overrated, but Geelong with the double buys, we know that they've traditionally struggled after buys and teams with the double buy in finals haven't gone as well uh, since they brought in the pre-finals buy. So... Uh, yeah, I think there's a fair bit going against Geelong and I think Brisbane's form, you know, the last couple of weeks has been really good. So don't know if I'm quite backing Brisbane myself yet, but I'm definitely not backing Geelong. And yeah, that, that would be my lean, if anything. It, it may be a half bet though for me. Yeah, okay. Um, mate, I'm right on the market uh, myself. I'm, I'm right there. I think I've got 20, uh, as yeah, which is, which is right on it. And um, I'm probably the opposite to you. I, I probably couldn't be on... Brisbane. I haven't really rated Brisbane all year. The listeners would would know that. Um, I think that first half of football from Brisbane was god awful. Uh, that was pretty some pretty poor footy there in the first half, and uh, and I think that second half. I know Brisbane brought a bit more pressure, but we've seen Melbourne wilt uh, quite a few times. So. You know, I wasn't overly, uh, I wasn't overly wrapped on on Melbourne's performance on the weekend, and I think, uh, as they say, I think it might be different gravy uh, this weekend with the Cats. I just think the Cats might be just at a completely different level uh, to where Brisbane at, and uh, you know how these ones go. Sometimes, uh, you know, if you're in halfway through the second, uh, third quarter, and and they're pulling away, it could get a bit nasty. So maybe, maybe if you're absolutely tonguing uh, for a bet, maybe a 40 pluser on the cats or, or something like that here. Don't know if I can get my hard earned down on it, but, um, but my lean here stats man would be to the cats. So 
we've probably got the same result. No, no betting, but uh, you lean Brisbane, I lean the Cats. Yeah, it cancels out pretty well, doesn't it? I think so. <laughs> uh, mate, and then the next one, we all know about it. Uh, Saturday night uh, up there in the big city, uh, Sydney hosting the Pies. Uh, we've got here, again, short home team market here, $1.40 and the Pies two ninety and uh, 17 and a half. Can you find a bet for us, Statman? I, I was bang on market in this game, so um, I'm struggling to, to find anything. The, the one thing I... True to my name, I'd like to bring out a stat at this point. Um, it's a little bit rough. I don't have the exact numbers because it's based on, I think it doesn't include last year. But uh, so from 20, 000, two, sorry, 2000 to 2015, um, teams who won in week one in the qualifying final, both of them won their prelims 75% of the time and both lost their prelims 0% of the time. And now in the, in the last five years, excluding last year, both of those teams have won the prelim only 20% of the time. So it used to be 75, now it's 20. And both have lost their prelim 40% of the time since they brought in the buy. So the, that, there's an angle here to me to, to multi up the two pluses or the two head-to-heads. Um, working off those stats, I know that less than 50% of home prelim finals uh, teams have won in the last six years. So uh, yeah, and they're always underdogs, um, nearly always. So that, that says blind backing the underdogs is going to get you ahead. Obviously, it's a pretty small sample size, but there's enough there for me to think that the, the double buy is hurting teams more than we realise. And um, yeah, I'm thinking maybe I'll, I will try that this week, see how it goes. So even though both the lines I have roughly on market, I could be convinced uh, to take both head-to-head um, and maybe even a head-to-head double and, and hope that trend continues. Yeah. Okay. So a little bit of a uh, little bit of trend betting there uh, from Statsman. Okay. Um, all right, mate. Like it. I in this one. Mug, uh, Mug sorry. I'm yet to see Daniel Hoyne or King run with that one on champion data. Come here. <laughs> you come here for the gold. That's where you come. Barefoot punter. <laughs> Absolutely. And I think there's a bit more to come tonight, Pope. Too. Hopefully the listeners are, are hanging about because uh, there's plenty to come with uh, Mary Pumpus uh, coming right up. Um, uh, boys, I've got the number here at 13. I, I think, uh, you know, I've been speaking to my pies ratings um, a bit over the last sort of uh, couple of weeks that I've, ju- I've just had to respect the pies uh, when it comes to my numbers. And, um, and they haven't done anything to discourage that over the last couple of weeks. Am I going to pull the trigger? Um, not too sure. Uh, I, I, I'm, I don't know. We, we get to this time of the year. Anything can happen. I've got about a four-point lean there. Probably should be betting on it. Um, not sure if I will, but uh, but yeah, I, I have a lean to the pies here uh, for what I, it's worth. I think I think you know, Mug, on these ones, like the pies, they don't give up. It's yeah. hard to see it being a blowout. I know last time they played Sydney up there, they did have the, the flu run through the team, but... Um, they only lost by, I think, four four or five goals, even though they were really well outplayed. And I think Dugowie was laid out too. So uh, even if they're outplayed, you can see them only losing by that sort of 20 to 25. So there's a fair bit of upside on the plus there. And too. I think the one thing that you know too, Statsman, about uh, the Pies supporters is that they're going to show up there. You know, they're, they're probably going to find a way to at least get 10,000, maybe 15,000 of them in that stadium, maybe more. Um, and they will be noisy. Um, you know, obviously... The place is going to be rocking for the Swans, but uh, but the players will know that they've got support there as well, and um, you know that will obviously uh, obviously help the Pies um, to do what they do. So lean is to the Pies, uh, probably no bet at this stage. Um, 
All right, fellas, I think we're ready to uh, to really uh, swing into some Brownlow action here. And uh, Modler, Pope, at any stage, feel free to just jump in and uh, and ask some questions or, or or get involved whatever way you can because uh, I'm really looking forward to this. We've bought what? the we've bought the heavy hitter in uh, to to really give the gold, and he's about to serve it up, Pope. Yeah, one thing I will say, just leading in. Mug is those who saw Da Vinci paint the Mona Lisa say it was the most beautiful thing you've ever seen. Just an elite artist go about their work, and we're about to see that. Statsman on Brownlow is in a work field of his own, and listeners should pay attention to what's about to come up in the next 15 minutes. All right, very good. Um, Statsman, where would you like to start? Um, I don't know if I can start off the back of this. There's too much pressure. We might just call it a day. Um, <laughs> no, yeah. Firstly, I'd probably suggest to any listeners out there planning to have a bet, maybe pause the podcast now, get a pen and paper and get ready to write some things down because there's going to be a lot of info and you're not going to remember it all. Um, so where to start? So what we're looking at, we've got Brownlow teams, some head-to-heads, uh, player over-unders, handicap. Um, they're the main ones. I don't really have a lot on the outright. Um, so any of those, take your pick. Maybe we start with the, the handicap. And, and maybe, uh, Statsman, um, do you mind to just give the listeners a little bit of an insight uh, to your process, how you actually track this throughout the year and, um, and what sort of weighting um, you apply and sort of how you come to these, these numbers? Yeah, uh, that's actually a great shout. I've probably gone about it a little bit differently this year. So in the past, um, I've kept a really sort of good, um, tally like doing the votes every week like a lot of people do and this year I probably haven't had quite the time to do that but what you and, and this is great for the listeners to, to understand you don't need to have your own votes to, to bet on the Brownlow there's so many public vote counts out there and the key is to not just trust one of them but just take in all the information you can and if you're finding that a lot of people are aligning on a certain view and you find that the market's not the pricing doesn't quite match that there's a decent chance you're on value and over time you'll probably work out who to trust more than others you know, the Herald Sun, I probably pushed that away. Um, the AFL website, I wouldn't go near that one. No, I actually do include that, but it's yeah. not, um, yeah, it's definitely got some dodgy votes in there, but others are quite good. So yeah. um, look around, you know, you might have mates to do it as well. And, and the more that you can combine, the, the better off you'll be. So that, that's been my approach this year. I've used seven different counts and I'll speak to that um, going through the tips. Yeah, awesome, mate. And 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 that's, uh, I know yourself and Logical over the years have, have had that approach as well. Uh, sorry, you, you've you've counted your own but my approach has been i guess to exactly what you've just spoken to and and uh yeah i, I literally haven't counted a vote all year and, and managed to uh make some money over the journey which is uh which has been good so mate absolutely tonguing for this what have you got for us uh yeah let's kick off with the handicaps the handicap is um for the outright every player gets sort of a vote head start and it just goes with who wins once you add on these head starts so um, there's, there's different ones out there depending where you bet, but they generally have pretty similar players. So the two selections I like are Prestia plus 12 and a half and Zach Merritt plus 13 and a half. So they, these are basically Lockie Neal at zero as the favorite. So what you're trying to look at is how many votes he's in for, which is around 28, 28 and a half. Uh, so you're thinking, are these guys in for 16 and 15? You add on that 12 and a half or 13 and a half, but you also have to consider everyone else in the market too. Um, so of these counts that I've spoken about, Prestia wins three of them and Merritt wins two of them. 
uh, with these handicaps. So um, they're $9 and $11 where, where um, I was looking, but as I said, lots of agencies will have this up at different prices. So bet where you want. Um, but yeah, I like to look sort of at the lower end of the market for these ones, often the top end, those zero, one, two, three handicaps. Uh, there's not a lot of upside. Like Lockie Neal sort of maxing out at sort of 28, maybe 30 generally. Um, and you'll usually get one of these guys to overpoll. And when you add on the handicap, it's hard for the favorite uh, in the market to win. So yeah, these guys both down the bottom of the market. So uh, two good bets there, I think. Very good, mate. Cool. Uh, is this, I'll just monologue this all the way through. Will yeah, I mate, just, uh, just, 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 just keep, keep going. And Pope Modler, if you've got any questions or uh, want some extra intel, um, just uh, jump in at any stage. Cool. I'll go through the ones I really like, and then I'll just list the ones that I semi-like without explanation at the end, so it's not yep. too too wordy. Um, Jeremy Cameron over eighteen and a half. Really, really like this at a dollar eighty. Um, I think top sporter up at that price. Lowest of the seven counts I looked at have him in for eighteen. Uh, he averages twenty point five, and the median is twenty. So. We know that Cameron had a lot of those sort of three-vote games where it's hard. Geelong didn't really have those 30-plus disposal getters this year. So those games that Cameron dominated, he's nearly up there for disposals and kicking bags of goals. Like, I don't see a lot of downside in his votes. So love that one. Uh, Lockie Neal over 27 and a half. Um, most counts out there, like these seven had the lowest of 26, which I think was AFL. So let's not, not take that one into account too much. Uh, and then 27 was the next lowest. All the others had him covering. So he's a pretty tight range, I think, but 27 and a half is pretty low on that range. So um, over 27 and a half, dollar 75, really like that too. Uh, moving on to some team over-unders. Uh, got a couple here that I really liked. Melbourne over 97 and a half, just with Clayton Oliver um, playing well in a lot of games where they... So, so I think the upside here is when they lose. Uh, again, I think our average was a little bit above the 97 and a half. Uh, yes, yeah, so we had this covering in six out of the seven counts. Um, and I just think there's upside on Oliver. Like a lot of the models have him winning, but he's not favourite. So if he does win, you're probably finding some extra votes and losses there, which drives that. We don't have him winning. So this this he's winning six out of seven, but that's without the upside of him winning too. So really like the Melbourne over 97 and a half. And Adelaide under 50 and a half, purely on the numbers, wins six, in, six out of seven of our counts with an average of 47 uh, and a median of 47. That three and a half gap's really big. So Adelaide under 50 and a half, I really, really like too. Um, and that's just a $1.90 shot, that one, uh, Statsman? Uh, $1.75, that was. Mel- Melbourne and Adelaide both were, yeah. 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 Um, but but hunts uh, around, it depends where you bet. Yeah. Statsman, are these more people? Uh, some again probably depends where you bet some are some aren't so um i think the the team votes definitely were i don't know if any of the others were that i was looking at but yeah the different agencies they will be uh so yeah the next ones were some head-to-heads that i liked so uh shea bolton to beat jack mccray dollar 50 um he wins by five or more votes in five of our accounts one tie uh, and one win of two and a half. So he doesn't lose in any. Um, and his average winning margin is five. McRae didn't have a great year. The max I've seen him in for is 12 votes. I think Bolton should cover the 12. So even though it's $1. fifty, really like that one. How do you um, how do you bet there, uh, Statsman? Do you, um, like, uh, like how, how, well, can I ask you, how many units would you have on a bet like that, $1. fifty? I'm probably, so these are all selections that I like. I'd probably try and multi some of the yep. sort of dollar 50 shots it's really up to you the combos i don't want to um 
you know, I want to leave that to people to decide for themselves. But yeah, I, I don't launch these dollar fifties too often. Yeah. Um, but rather put it, you know, two dollar fifty shots to get a two dollar twenty five or, or something similar. Um, which brings me to the other head to head, which would make a good double. Uh, Connor Rosie over Luke Parker. There is a bit of an asterisk here that Connor Rosie doesn't have a polling history and Parker has a really strong polling history, but he wins in every single count. Um, the average margin, he wins by six votes. A lot of people have him going well. Again, Port didn't really have the standouts this year and, and Rosie finished the season really well. So um, that one, probably a bit, bit less than the Bolton one, but I still like it. Um, so yeah, keen on that one too. And uh, a price around that, Statsman, from, uh, I, I don't know, if Toppy got that one up? No, I don't think Top Sport. Toppy, they... um, Toppy will probably go up a bit later in the week, I would say, with a lot of these markets. But uh, it's great that Statsman's done the early work. So uh, you can obviously, uh, the listeners, keep an eye out for when Toppy put these uh, markets up. Um, but just some preliminary price out there. Statsman, what have you sort of seen sniffing around? For that one, it was dollar forty-five where yeah. where I was looking. But yeah, I, I do find yeah, top sport do go up, and again, they they usually let you multi all the head to heads, um, get get big bets on. So and the prices usually aren't too different. So um, you can you can hold out there or have a look around as well. Just on um, just on that um, polling history too, I think so. Somebody on Twitter, it may have even been JT, um, mentioned it's pretty hard to carry over polling history kind of year on year. You might poll sort of overs one year, but then you kind of regress to the mean after that. I think he said it might have been five or there was like one standout you kind of overpolled year on year, but it's pretty hard to to keep that up sort of, you know, sustainably, you know, throughout a, a stretch of years. Yeah, sure. It's probably yeah, it's probably more the um the unknown polling factor that yeah, we've seen players, I think Took Miller last year, really underpolled versus expectations. Um so there's players that you just you don't know if the umpire will rate the way they go about it. Um and I think Connor Rosie's kind of in that mold, like a bit of an outside yeah. player. So you're not sure, but um, but yeah, the six votes that he win by is is a fair margin. Um, so there was a group. Um, I don't know, I don't know if we're mentioning agencies, but Group A at, at one of the uh, agencies out there, Noah Anderson at ten dollars uh, was just a bit of an outsider value. Um, we only had him, had him winning in one of the counts, um, but he's second in two of them. And just at the price, it was a really tight group. So there's upside there at, at the ten dollars. Um, one of, one of the uh, one of the disappointments of the Brownlow these days, uh, Statsman, is that most agencies will have Group A exactly the same, <laughs> which is uh, which is a bit of a shame. But uh, but uh, now all good, mate. Group A, I think uh, we'll probably find that in a few different places. Yep, sure. Um, and moving on now to Brownlow teams, where there's some that I really like here. Um, so let's let's go through them, and it'll be interesting. Uh, I'll model it. I'm not sure if you've got prices yet, but it'll be interesting when uh, those prices go out, whether or whether your tips are the same, because there's some upside on these, I think. But Jordan Degoe, uh for Collingwood. So he only wins in one of our counts again, but he's it's a really tight bunch. Like they're all pretty much equal. Um, him, Crisp. And Nick Dacos to a lesser extent. So, I, I yeah, Dugowie's just, he's so explosive. I know he's got a bit of that bad boy factor. Maybe umpires don't like him that much. And Crisp, we know umpires do like the way he plays. But uh, $6 is the, t- is the tipping point. I think Crisp is um, sort of $2 or thereabouts. So, uh, yeah, Dugowie at 6 really likes that one. Uh, and similar price point, Jack Gunston, probably even more so. I like this one, $5. He wins in four of the seven counts. Um, and on, on the average, when you combine them all, he comes out ahead too. So you get $5 for the expected winner. 
uh, in most counts and the average is uh, that's a really, really good bet. So would you uh, just going back to that Collingwood one there um, for a second um, stats, man, would you consider it almost like a lay strategy and, and back um, have a two bet strategy on crisp and Dagoe and, and, and effectively, I guess, lay um, Dacos there, or that's, that's not the way that you like to play. Uh, I would do that if I thought Crisp was value, but yeah. I'd rather just play in playing the value. Yeah. So if if Crisp if Dacos was so underpriced that they were both value, then I would do that. But uh, yeah, not in this case for yep. me. Okay. Um, but yeah, I do see Nick Dacos potentially flopping. Like, there's a lot of hype around him for the Rising Star, but he was getting a lot of kickouts and cheapies, and we know umpires don't give votes to those players. So if there was an over under line, I'd be all over the under Nick Dacos. I think. Um. Cool. And then a couple at Top Sport here um, specifically. So a nice shorties multi, which we know that the punters love. Um, but the key is with these, don't just put legs in because they're $1.10. Pick out the ones that are value at $1.10, $1.20 because we see it time and time again where um, a lot of $1.10 shots, everyone's putting 15 leggers, one or two of them get beat every year. So you gotta you got to be picky here. Sage advice. And the ones for us uh, would be Zach Merritt, uh, around dollar, I think it was around dollar twenty-five, dollar thirty. It's just really hard to see him losing. No one in Essendon, Darcy Parrish didn't have a big year, and I can't see anyone else beating him. Jeremy Cameron, as spoken about, just so sure of a lot of his votes, and again, no one stood out from Geelong. Josh Dunkley uh, from the Bulldogs, uh, he's winning in a fair few of our counts. I think winning all all seven of the counts actually with two dead heats. So. Josh Dunkley was about $2.25. Um, so he's a bit of value in there. And then Josh Kennedy from West Coast. I would also have one without Kennedy from West Coast with the same players because he's the one I'm least sure of. But we, he's got those that last game where he kicked, uh, was it eight goals or nine goals where he'll get three. Uh, and there was another game where he kicked a big bag and probably gets two or three. Everyone else from West Coast will be lucky to get to five. So that's that's the reasoning there. Um, $1.65 was the price. But yeah, he, he'd be the one I'm least sure of out of that four uh, and then Dunkley is a single I'd be backing to odds against um, like I said winning all seven counts and I just think the the way he finished the year was sublime and no one from the dogs really Bont didn't have a good year McRae didn't have a good year Bailey Smith got suspended and didn't get back to the previous heights so Dunkley is the value in, in that one for me as well um, and then to go just back to him uh, at toppy as well the top 20 I, I've liked him in that 16 bucks he is so Again, the highest of our counts had him about 20th, but the rest have him sort of 25 to 30. If he wins Collingwood, he's probably over polling and that extra two or three votes could get him up there into the top 20. So it's long odds and it probably doesn't win, but it's value, I think, at the 16 or thereabouts. At the price. Like it. Very good, Statsman. So you've just got us warmed up. What's the main uh, the main serve now, Statsman? The main serve. Um, all right. So I will touch on actually that it's worth multiing, I reckon, to go and Gunston. And you could even throw in Nick Larkey into one of those. He's also about $5. Similar okay, so, logic. So let's just, uh, we'll just backtrack there. So you're saying to multi uh, Dugowie for Collingwood teams into Gunston teams? Is that? Yeah. Yeah. Yep. Sorry. All teams. So I do those two as a double at 30 ish to one. Yep. Yeah. And nice. then throw in Larkey into another one, treble uh, at 150 for the, for the big collect. Oh um, boy. <laughs> this is right off your alley mug. Uh, turn a good year into a great year. <laughs> That's it. Uh, if you like Neil and Oliver, which I sort of do to be top two, I think it's, you know, they're, they're definitely the standouts. The Quinella market, um, 
not value for me is around 350 but I saw one agency looking today had the exactor at $8 and $9. Um, so $8 for Neil winning, $9 for Oliver winning, which averages out to four, um, 450 or thereabouts or 430 or something. Uh, if you back even to win even amounts, so have sort of $112 on the first one and 100 on the second one, and you're guaranteed to get 900 back. So I think, yes, yeah, it comes in at about 440 or 430, which is a bit uh, more than the 350 on offer. So I actually don't mind that. I think that's probably slight overs. If you have this Brownlow five, four times, I think that probably comes up once. So yeah, depending, you can back one of them or back both of them if you want the Quinella. Yep. Uh, cool. I think they pretty much cover my main tips, but I can list out the other ones that weren't quite good enough um, to, to go into detail on, but still liked. They, so. weren't, the, they weren't the A graders, but oh, mate, I'm sure the listeners, and I know Pope and Modler are, are, are leaning forward there and uh, loving every minute of this, as am I, mate. So yeah, please, fire away. So uh, these are top sport, these next few player over-unders. So Laird under 16 and a half votes, uh, Took Miller under 24 and a half votes, and Sam Walsh over 17 and a half votes. I will touch on, I'll just quickly go through it. Um, Laird only two counts had him covering and his average was 15, so 1.5 below. Took Miller average 22 and a half. He's under polling last year. I know sometimes that's a makeup year, but uh, I'm still a little bit wary whether umpires will credit him. And 24 and a half is a lot. Like that has him, he needs to get 25, which, you know, is potentially top three. So you've got a pretty good start there. Uh, and then Sam Walsh, we know he polled really, really well last year. Cripps will take some votes off him, but um, yeah, 17 and a half. We had him in for about 20. So good upside there as well. So Walsh on the over. Over, yeah, yep. over 17. Um, yep. and you'll get different prices on these. They're all slightly juiced, but I, I wouldn't worry too much unless it's $1.50, $1.60. They're probably still value at those ones for me. Um, the Fremantle team votes uh, was under 80 and a half and Carlson over 80 and a half. Both like, like both of those. We know Cripps is probably getting three in the last round in a loss. So even though Freo won more games um, and, and the line's the same, I do like Freo under and Carlson over because I think Carlson have more players capable of polling in, in losses. Um, and again, it's it's just how the data came out. Uh, slightly contradicting what we're just speaking to, but it's kind of a middle here. So Mills to beat Walsh in a head-to-head, I liked. Um, I know, so Mills is in for about 20. Uh, we're backing Walsh over 17 and a half. So... Walsh could, in theory, land on 18 or 19, and you win both if Mills goes as expected. Or if Walsh goes really well, you sort of chop out. Um, the only way you do your brains here is if Mills goes really poorly, and so does Walsh, um, which can happen. But at the end of the day, they're both value. So you're kind of betting against yourself, but I'd say it more like a middle uh, where you take a gap and hope it lands. So Mills against Walsh at $1.80 there. Uh, like McCluggage against Dunkley uh, at $1.65, winning in six of... Uh, seven of our counts um, with an average two vote margin. Uh, and the last one for me um, is a Prestia Steel teams double. So most team votes, Prestia and Steel, Prestia winning all seven, only close in two of them, Steel winning in all counts. Um, and we know that he polled really well last year. So $2.02 for the double there. And I've. So uh, sorry, Statsman, that was Prestia for Richmond and Steel for St. Kilda. Is that what you're referring to there? Yes, yep. Jack Steele, yep. So $2.02, and I've staked up on that one. I think um, there's no certainties, but I don't think it's a 50% chance, as the odds suggest. Uh, and one last miracle multi for the punters. Ooh. I've also taken a Dunkley, Dugowie, Gunston, Prestia, and Steele five-fold teams multi. Um, so similar to what we took before, but 
Uh, there's only Gunston of those longer shots. So yeah, Dunkley, Dugowie, oh, and Dugowie, sorry. So Dunkley, Dugowie, Gunston, Prestia, and Steele. Uh, five leg out, and you should get uh, over 100 for that one. Yeah, mate, that is absolutely awesome. And some uh, some gold uh, there for the listeners. How, how many years have you been betting on the Brownlow stats, man? Uh Seven years properly, yeah. And um, and how have you gone? Uh, do you recall making a profit every year or has there been a year where you've uh, you've gone under? No, I do my brains every year, Mark. <laughs> no, it's, uh, <laughs> no, no, it's um, yeah, it's 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 often feast or famine because you're betting into a lot of the same things. Like here, we can yeah. see, you know, if, if Gunston and Dugowie go well, it's going to be a filler. Um, and generally, if you if you sort of miss on a few, um, the way it's turned out for me long term is I've either sort of broken even or had big fill ups. So yeah. there's not much in between. Um, and I think it would be about fifty fifty between those. So. Yeah. Yeah, last yeah. year, last year was a break even, so uh, hopefully the punters have, have jumped on board at the right time. Yeah, I think our punters would have uh, would have done all right last year on the back of Ben Cunnington. That was a that was a big anchor for us uh, last year. So I think uh, I think most uh, most would have done well. I, I remember myself a couple of years. I think it might have been two thousand when the Tigers won. What was that? Two thousand and seventeen. I was anchored into Matt Crouch with uh, with so much so much stuff, and he just turned up nothing. He gave nothing, and I vowed Matt, Matt Crouch never again. Um, but uh, but other than that, uh, it's been pretty uh, pretty pretty good stuff. So uh, stats man, that is absolutely unbelievable. Any questions, Modler uh, Pope, that you wanted to throw stats man's way? Um, although I don't know about you, but we just—I think we've just been able to see under the hood of a genius right there. That was that was a late one. Question I do have, Statsman, you sort of touched on it throughout. How much credence do you apply, or uh, how much credence do you take into account for non-data? Um, I guess non-data measures like you know traditionally hair colour or how they poll. How much of that goes into your thought process? Yeah, it comes and goes. It probably depends on the player. Um, I, I've maybe gone off it a little bit. Potentially, I don't know, maybe the media coverage has, has changed the way the umpires go about it. Took that uh, approach uh, the last couple of years and it probably didn't pay off. Um, so, yeah, I, I've probably gone away from it slightly. I think certain players that stand out, Matt Prittis, you know, back in the day was probably one that you'd notice uh, in and uh, under. Tablet. Yep. Um, but I, I think the Judd Ablett's probably would poll anyway. So yeah. that's that's where I think, like, you know, someone like a Dion Prestia who doesn't well, – he probably does stand out. He's, he's got a different body shape and size. But, yeah, there might be some players who suffer a little bit from being generic, but um, I probably don't look into it too much. Yeah. Cool. Just um, – I think Mug alluded to it before where, you know, most books tend to copy groups and those kind of things. Have you, we might have spoken about this off air last week, but have you ever done much work – I guess comparing uh, you know groups across different books and seeing if there's a bit of a an edge to be had, sort of playing one against the other. Yeah, probably not for the playing one against the other, but just taking the best price on different players, definitely. Like you, you want to um, even Brownlow teams looking around today. There's some borderline, maybe not ARBs, but you can get value on a couple of players um, betting at different places. So. Yeah, definitely the Brownlow is one of those events, but there's a lot of different prices out there. Uh, hunt around and and look for what you sort of want. But um, yeah, uh, I don't think I think there's too much margin in there to to ever get like a a less than 100% book that you can just fill up on. Absolutely fantastic. And uh, Statsman, just before uh, we sign off, mate, you've given us a lot there, mate. Is there uh, maybe one or two in particular that you sort of 
were like your favorites. And I guess, you know, gamble responsibly, guys. You know, it's just because Statsman likes them doesn't mean it's uh <laughs> it's not it's never a lay down Mazare. But was there one or two there that you sort of like that that was my favorite? They were the they were the ones. Yeah, I'd probably say Jeremy Cameron overs yep. would be one of them. Uh, Adelaide under 50.5 was another. Yep. Uh, and Jack Gunston at the $5 as a, as a bit of a roughie is probably the, the third that I would um, go. But uh, yeah, all, all pretty much I've backed all of those myself. So I, I like all of them, but um, those would be the ones that stand out. Yeah, okay. So the prices now are about uh, $2 <laughs> less than what they should have been on Gunston. And what did you get Gunston at? About eight bucks. No, no, I've, I've quoted the prices I got, so I'm hoping they haven't changed, okay. to be honest. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. uh, very good. Mate, that is absolutely sensational. Thanks uh, so much for coming on tonight and sharing that pot of gold uh, with the listeners. I'm sure there's plenty of people at home uh, just sitting there, uh, absolutely just scribbling all that down. So, mate, thank you so much. We better, before we uh, just sign off, guys, we better get a charity bet going. And and well done again on the weekend, fellas. Uh, charity bets uh, got up. So we got Brisbane with the half stake. Uh, we missed on Frio, so we sort of evened out on the um, AFL, but we're all over the Souths, and um, and that one collected. So another 50% pot for us on the weekend. So I think we're sitting up around about 24% pot on charity bets, um, and we've been doing it now for about eight weeks. So uh, hopefully the listeners are following those. How do we keep the train rolling uh, this week? It has to be para, boys. Are we all in on para, 100 bucks at the line? I think that's the way to yeah. go if you agree, Mod. Yep, definitely, definitely on board. 100 bucks uh, minus six and a half. And uh, stats, man, we, we don't really have a bet in the games uh, for um, the AFL, but I'm thinking that we need to um, put up a couple of these uh, bets uh, for the Brownlow. So, mate, how do, how do you want to spend the 100? Um, yeah, it's a good question. Jeremy Cameron overs should be included for me. Like, that's that's probably the number one. Um, at top sport so yeah. that one and I don't know if we want to go a, a flare uh, to go top 20 um, at bigger odds yep yep um, how about to uh, uh top 20 uh, for maybe JC for what maybe 50 bucks to perhaps 25 and a Gunston 25 how would you feel about that yep sounds good all right I think we're getting fives aren't we for Gunston um, oh, maybe a bit shorter. But, uh, I mean, <laughs> yeah, here we go. <laughs> uh, there, there, was, there was definitely five out there, but I think Top Sport might have been a little bit shorter on Gunston. So, yeah, yeah uh, I wonder I think, why. <laughs> <laughs> I, think, I think they were 390. So, uh, oh, no. still, still, still a bet though, 390, yeah. I think. Okay. Yeah. All right. So, uh, so Gunston will go 25 to go E25 at the uh, and that's that's the big one right there. And uh, and we'll go uh, 50 on JC uh, for the overs. So, Oh, that uh, sounds pretty juicy. Um, boys, that has been excellent uh, chat this evening. I'm sure the listeners have loved it. I've loved it. I know uh, Modler and Pope have, have absolutely loved it. Uh, Statsman, you've done the job for us, mate. Can you sign us off? Always uh, under the spotlight for, for these ones. Uh, but, yeah, please remember to gamble responsibly, but most importantly, punt must to win.